they always pulling the treasure out. And, and, it, and I see it firsthand because, I mean, I've got a 21-year-old daughter and a 24-year-old son that are constantly pulling things out of me still that are like, look, you know, we can either be treasure hunters or we can be trash inspectors. She said, well, I can either see the, I can either see the, I can, if, if you screw up in an area, sure, we all know the trash in that area, but we can search for the treasure. So, so that's what they do. They look for the goodness in people because the enemy wants to beat you up, even though, you know, I'm on about nine years on this side of, 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 you know, being free from sex addiction. Um, you know, you still have the enemy come and tell you, well, you know, the, the, the Lord will give me a word for somebody, but I don't want to go speak to them because of my past failures, my past shortcomings, because the enemy's keeping, you know, he just kind of isolates you, keep you in a corner. You know, I can touch people, Matt, that you can never touch, you know. Right. You'll be able to touch people that Allison will never be able to touch. You know, it's just, it's just if, you, if you stay in your lane and you operate in your lane, that's whenever I think the blessings come. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and, of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative, and they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house. They will work with you, and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. P-R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I'm your host, Matt Rogers. And with me, as always, the man turning the ones and twos, Eli Adelman. Hello, How are sir. you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You just got back from Vegas. I just got back from Vegas. We were with uh, Darren Waller. Spoiler alert, he will be on Level Up very soon. He's the tight end for the Vegas Raiders. Love it. He has an amazing story of overcoming uh, drug addiction, depression, and coming back. I mean, perfect fit for Level Up, yep. right? That's great. As always, Eli, we have the best guests. Always. We have a good friend in the house of mine today, all the way from South Georgia, Coffee County, Douglas, Georgia. That's right. Ex-baseball player with the Dodgers. Met him about... Eight or nine months ago, and you know you have those people that you just instantly are like, I want to be this guy's friend. That is this guy, the one, the only, Jeff Bramlett is in the house. Yes, hey, sir. what's up, go. guys? You got two claps. Me and two Eli. claps. You know, in church, whenever uh, we used to have a youth pastor or a kid's chat, he'd say, hey, give, give this guy a hand, and we should just do... One clap because it's just a hand. That's a good idea. You know, so uh, that's what I do a lot of times. We just give the one clap. That's all you. All right, that's all you that. get out of me. Well, welcome to Level Up, the one and only Jeff Bramlett. Give him a hand. That's like pretty that. humbling, though. That's pretty humbling. <laughs> that is humbling. Uh, man, you're my you're my friend now. Absolutely. I've, I've come. I've spent time at your house. You've taken my son hunting. You've taken me hunting. Um, my we, son we, we actually, might all just stop right there. Don't, don't talk about any the, the kill or not kills. It's bad. <laughs> Look at, I wish, like, I, I feel like I'm a pretty manly guy. Like, I'm a dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Terrible shot. Really? I have guns, ammo. Like, I love it. I'm ready for either the zombie apocalypse or to go duck hunting. Whatever you want to do. And I'm not going to kill a zombie or a duck. Man. I can't even shoot a rabbit. Um <laughs> They, the, the you the, can scare it out of its skin, though. The, <laughs> I always say you're going to miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, so you got to take the shot. That's right. And I'm going to miss 
a hundred percent of all the shots that I take. <laughs> have you ever hit anything? Like, no, I have. Like, okay. I've done okay with duck hunting, but the thing with duck hunting, I've always been with like three or four of my buddies, and we all shoot. Right. And all of us are like, oh, I got that one. Uh, okay. Like, if four of us are shooting in two fall, like yeah. all of us shot those two. Yeah, I killed <laughs> that one. Group effort. Yeah. yeah. I've killed a you know a, a ton of dove, uh, a ton of pheasant. I've never shot a deer. Um, <laughs> dude, we're going we're going rabbit hunting, right? And um, which by the way, rabbit's actually good when you it's eat very it. Very good, yeah. Yeah. So we drive up this rabbit. I'm not even joking, you bro. Four feet in front of me, and I have like a little 22 long rifle. Yep. Four feet in front of me. Yeah. Farther away than I am to you right now. Yeah. And I shot, and I missed. Dude. It was it was very embarrassing because Mason, my son, is sitting there, and he literally fell out of the golf cart. Laughing. Take a golf cart. Yeah. Just laughing. <laughs> And he just looks at me and goes, Dad, you are terrible. And I am terrible. I, you know, I think it's just maybe like, you know, that anointing on my life. The Lord just doesn't want me to shed any innocent blood. So that may be. Stick to podcasting. Yeah. I'll be the Solomon. My son, Mason, will be the David. He'll slay 10,000 animals and I'll just be, you know, pure hands. I won't kill anything. There you go. I'm sticking <laughs> with that story. Uh, another story, uh, you know, why I wanted to bring you on is you and your wife have an amazing story yes. of overcoming um you know infidelity overcoming trials and you know in a lot of sense i'm just going to say it which most people don't do like you would be in the world's view like the bad guy in the story right but you're one of the kindest best husbands best father because now i'm seeing you on the other side sure like i didn't know you when you're going through it five you know six ten years ago we're going to get into that right but and then next week we're going to have your wife on. So this is going to be like when I had my wife on part one, part two, we're going to do that with you. And you're, you're getting salad this week. Next week's going to be the meat and potatoes. <laughs> exactly. she, she's going to say everything I've tried to say to here today. She'll, she'll straighten it all out. Don't worry. It's uh, but you guys have such an unbelievable marriage and it, it's such a sensitive subject. So honestly, like I thank you for coming on and talking about it, but there's also, it, it's easier to talk about it when you've overcome it. Absolutely. And you've beat it. And you can look back and be like, this is who I was. That's right. So we're going to talk about who you were, what you went through. I'm gonna, I mean, dude, I'm going to ask you the, the tough questions. What, you know, going through that. And, you know, for a, a lot of you men and women listening, um, this is a big one. Because for me, this was, this has always been a subject when we're talking about, you know, let's just say husbands who are unfaithful to their wives. For me, it's always been a touchy subject, especially in the church, mm -hmm. because I've always said, just being honest, like, if you're going to do that, just go do it. Why do you got to do it and then come to church and wave the Christian banner when, you know, you're going to leave five, six, seven days or even hours later and you're going to go bang some chick. Like it yeah. always made me mad. Man, yeah. So to sit in front of someone like you, like I would have never guessed that about you. And now like. Not only do I love you and you've showed me what's possible, but you're also convicting me in a lot of ways because I always try to decipher, am I judging this person, which I don't want to do, right? or am I using discernment? And sure. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And what's the difference? So maybe we can talk about that. But sure. going back with you in the beginning, I mean, is this where it started? Stud baseball player at a young age? Like, Because I want to talk about that too. You're a freaking baseball stud. Well, um. You know, before we get into that, we're going to say baseball. You know, we have a, a mutual friend, a good buddy of ours, Rex Crane, yep. if he's listening. You know, 
Matt's the older brother. I'm the middle brother, and Rex is the baby brother. So, you know, Rex, uh, if you're listening, you know, we're all three ball headed. So, uh, you know, but we feel like uh, Rex is the is a child that our parents probably always wanted us to be. Exactly. You know. So, uh, but yeah, but you're talking totally. about you're talking about baseball. Um, that was my, um, I guess my platform, if you want to call it that. But I guess let's back up a little bit. You know, I think for everybody to get the whole context of this of this thing, you know. Alice and I, we met whenever we were 15 and 16. No, excuse me, 15 and 14. She'll correct that next week too, by the way. <laughs> so uh, we met whenever whenever she was 14 and I was 15, and uh, we were high school sweethearts. We dated for four years. As soon as we got uh, graduated high school, we set a date to get married. I was fortunate enough to be a, be an athlete, and I got drafted by the Dodgers to go play baseball. So whenever that happened, I would have moved off and not been married just because that's – how I was, but, but her and her principles and her family's values and how rooted she was in, in the word that wasn't going to happen. So we had to move our wedding date up because as soon as I signed the contract, they were going to ship us off to Montana. So we were going to get married and then we were going off to Montana. So, um, did you do it too young? Should, I mean, honestly, looking back, should you have waited, waited to get married? Yeah. Well, I th- I think you can look at it through both both you know both sides. I think getting married at a young age kept me out of a lot of trouble. If you want me to be quite frank with it, because I wasn't the man or the boy at that time who God has created me to be, and I had to have somebody else who was stronger in their faith and their values than than what I had to help keep me somewhat grounded. And we're gonna get into it, and you'll discover that it was all just uh, you know I was I was I was a hypocrite. I lived a, a, a you know a double life. I was a great father, a great husband. You know, people say, how can you be a great father and a great husband and do what you did? Well, it's because you get deceived. You listen to the lies of the enemy that tells you one way. But I've been able to compartmentalize things so much where I could come home, be with the wife and kids and do whatever, and I could go on the road and live a total. you. I mean, you wouldn't know I was married sometimes just because of my actions. But, um, but, you know, but backing up, you know, Alice and I were high school sweethearts. Um. We dated all the way through high school, got married, um, had a had a we have two children, just so everybody knows I have two children. I have a twenty four year old son, Hunter, and a twenty one year old daughter, Caitlin. Uh Hunter has a little girl named uh Riley and she's married to Kelly. So that's their baby is Riley. And then Russ and Caitlin is married and they have two boys, Robert and Hudson. And um so that's kind of kind of our family, and both my children know everything that's happened. I've Which was, is crazy because when Terry and I came out a, a few weeks ago and talked about her story, our biggest fear was, I don't know if we want our kids to know mm-hmm. like our past. Like, like you're really opening up. And right. Hunter, your son, I, like when I look at him, I love your family, man. Hunter's like you, and Caitlin's exactly like Allison. Hunter, and that, like and that scares the hell out of me. I, I mean, like, but he, he's dude, he's a man's man good looking dude. Like he's just a freaking stud. Like if I can go back in time and be 24, I'd want to be Hunter. <laughs> like he's, he's smooth. And then Caitlin is just so, so much joy of the Lord fills yep, her she heart. Is. She does not have an ability to look at people and see bad. It, it's really like something special. And what comes out of her mouth, like it, it's just all positive. Like, Sometimes like I'm around her and I'm disciplining my kids. Like I wish like, oh, yeah, I wish I would have done it like her. You know, like, she, her and her mom always say, you know, and Caitlin lives her life like this. She's like, you know, we can either be 
treasure hunters or we can be trash inspectors. She said, well, I can either see the, I can either see the, I can, if, if you screw up in an area, sure, we all know the trash in that area, but we can search for the treasure. So, so that's what they do. They look for the goodness in people, whether it's, Hey, you're, you're, you're a good, you're a good mama. You're a good, you know, you're a good uh, worker. You're a good citizen. You're what they don't dwell on the native. Cause we've all, I mean, there's not one of us perfect. There's only one of us that was perfect. And if we were all perfect, he wouldn't have had to went and, and pay the price for us. But that's what she always says. She always says, you know, that, you know, and, and she also says, why do we need a, why do we need a, a comforter? You know, we, we talk, you know, we're saved. We love Jesus. Yeah. We, you know, we believe in, in, in the Holy Spirit. You know, why do we need the Holy Spirit to come and be a comforter to us unless we, unless we get into uncomfortable situations? You don't need a comforter unless you're in an uncomfortable situation. Sometimes, you know, those situations make it uncomfortable. So, that's what I mean. They're 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 treasure hunters and not trash inspectors. That's what they do in my life and ever. You know, and most of the time you're harder on your kids, your dad, your spouse. You know, the ones that are closest to you, you kind of let your hair down. So they they see the real good, bad, and ugly side of you, and uh, they still. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, they could tell me, you know, you're you used to do this and this and that, and you know, but they they don't. They always pulling the treasure out, and and it and I see it firsthand because I mean, I've got a 21 year old daughter and a 24 year old son that are constantly pulling things out of me still that are like, look, because the enemy wants to beat you up, even though, you know, I'm on about nine years on this side of, 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 you know, being free from sex addiction. Um, you know, you still have the enemy come and tell you, well, you know, the, the, the Lord will give me a word for somebody, but I don't want to go speak to them because of my past failures, my past shortcomings, because the enemy's keeping, you know, it kind of isolates you, keep you in a corner. You know, I can touch people, Matt, that you can never touch. You know, right. you'll be able to touch people that Allison will never be able to touch. You know, it's just, it's just if you if you stay in your lane and you operate in your lane, that's whenever I think the blessings come, and that's you know that's what that's what my kids help me. They help me stay grounded and look at the treasure in me. So let me ask you this, because you you said a word there called sex addiction. Mm-hmm. It's such it's one of those words that's so like oh my gosh, you know? Did he just say that? Yeah, the first time I ever heard the word sex addiction was with Tiger Woods, and like, I guess I want to know, like, what does that look like? Like, honestly, for me, you know, Terry and I were not saints before we got married. I'm an ex-football player, you know, college, you know, a little bit, you know, at a, a bigger level. But I wasn't a saint. But at the same time, I definitely didn't have a sex addiction. Like, right. what is that? How does that happen? That's why I was trying to, like, take you back in the beginning, like, baseball and stuff. Like, did it start there? Well, did it, like, what happened? You know, um, Alice and I just, just, you know, to get everything out there right off the rip and then we can, you know, go on, you know, I don't know if you want to call it adultery, infidelity, affairs, you know, like you said, well, you know, banging, whatever you want to call it, that's, that's up to you. But basically it's, it's, it's un, it's an unhealthy act that you do that's outside of the covenant of marriage that, that, that God, you know, bestowed on you. So, but what it was for me was, um, and you know, Alice and I've been to marriage council. We've been to Gary Smiley's Marriage Institute, and, and you know, we've been to other Christian counselors and stuff. And and they always try to pin it back to what happened, what caused you to be like this, or you know, some kids get um, you know right. sexually. I'm abused. even doing some that right kids, now. You know, like, all I'm that stuff. Trying you know, to take you back, like what happened? Try, try. So what happened to me was, and you know, and like, and, and we, and I think I might be grabbing at straws here whenever I say this, but. Whenever I was coming up, I was 12 years old, and uh, one of my aunts, um, you know, had basically, um, you know, appro- approached me, and, and we got into, um, you know, a sexual thing. It never was, you know, 
um, you know, um, sex, so to speak. It was just that, you know, we were promiscuous, if you want to call it, you know, mm-hmm. that. So that kind of opened my eyes. At so things. how old was she? Um, at that time, she was probably, probably in her 30s. See, because it's crazy. We always, you know, hear, which is, you know, disgusting. We always hear about the uncle yeah. doing stuff to, you know, whatever, the, the, the niece or daughter. Sure. This is the aunt mm-hmm. opening the eyes of the 12-year-old boy. Right, right. Which... I mean, dude, we've all been 12. Yeah. I, I mean, well, you know, you, and, and, and your hormones, you know, run away course. with you. Your body responds like any man's body should respond. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, because you liked it. You like you liked sure. the end result. So you go back and you get something. So that was kind of, you know, we always talk about either the doors open or closed. It's not, if it's cracked, it's an open door. So that was like a door opener for me. Is, there, it, is there anything at that time that your parents could have done to see that happen to see that coming because it's i mean like you go back and you look at you the 12 year old boy like it's so sad like i look at the aunt like how the hell do you do that to your 12 year old nephew like well as far as you're such an easy influence at 12 years old you know what i mean like any most boys would do that yeah it's your forming years you know you're you're starting to learn how to become but as far as parents being able to you know I went to my parents and I told my grandma, see, because it, it, we, I always stay with my grandma. My grandma was a divorce and she lived on the property with us. So it was just like a, you know, couple, you know, 50, 60 yard, you know, walk or run to her mm-hmm. house. So I stayed with her probably four nights a week. And um, so what happened at her house, the aunt was there. My uncle was there because they were just in between houses. She was married? Then. Yeah, she was married to my, to my uncle. Oh my God. Yep. So, so, but I went and told my, my grandma and my mom and dad and, um, you know, and I was 12, so, you know, at 12 years old, you really don't involve a kid on what type of conversations you had or if anything was done with it or anything like that. So I told my mom and dad, and as far as I knew that, it, you know, it was pretty much handled. I thought, well, she won't be around anymore, this, that, the other. But, you know, she still she still came around, and so whenever that happened, I'm not saying that my parents didn't handle it correctly. I think they handled it the best way that they knew how. I mean, I mean, like if it was me, if it happened to my daughter, yeah, I'd probably act differently with my daughter than I would with my son, just to be real with you, you know, because you're For thinking, sure. well, you know, you're, you're, that's my little girl. You're in not in, gonna, in you're what not way would that. you act different? Um, I'd, someone I'd, might yeah, die. Yeah, I'd want to. I'd want to. Yeah, I'd want to beat the hell out of somebody, literally. Yeah. You know, and For sure. uh, but you know, so but my that that wasn't my parents. So whenever I got back around my aunt, it was just like. You could cut it in the air with a knife. You knew it was there, but nobody said anything about it. Nobody acknowledged it. It was just almost like it was just kind of, for lack of better terms, like it was swept under the rug. Did it keep happening after? No, no, it didn't. Okay. I mean, it, it it did happen a time or two more, but it wasn't something that just kept occurring and kept occurring. And I can't say that once it happened the first time that she approached. It was, it was a mutual thing because my body liked the way that it that for it, sure. it responded and what it what it was getting. Um, but when it all just comes back to you know like. The way God designed us, you know, all that stuff is supposed to feel good, but the enemy comes in and perverts it. Perverts it, that's right. So, you know, with your aunt, she probably liked that control over having it for the 12-year-old boy, and the, the 12-year-old boy, he just wants it, yeah. right? I mean, like, yeah. I remember what it was like being 12, and, you know, yep. I saw my first pair of boobs on the movie Airplane. Remember that movie Airplane? Yep. I saw, there was like a scene, and yeah. I saw my first boobs. I'm like, wow, those are nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm, I'm 12. Like, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, but but... So whenever that happened, now that I look back on it, I just kind of shut down emotionally. I mean, I was I was a twelve year old kid, but I thought, well, okay, because I told my my parents this and my grandparents this, you know, and nothing was really done about it. 
do they, do, does my feelings really matter? How I feel or whatever. So it's kind of fair. now that I, now that I'm older and I can decipher things, that's kind of what probably ha- what happened. At, you know, back then I was like, oh, I just she's here, I'm here. We're just gonna, you know, go through life. But um, so that's kind of how it started. And I wasn't addicted. And whenever that happened, I never had, I never, never was, and never have been. You know, some people who have have got a sex addiction problem, they've been involved with porn. They've been involved with. So you weren't? Uh, uh, no, no, I've never. I mean, I, I can't say I've never looked at it. I've looked at it whenever I've at friends' houses before, but right. I don't but you've have, never I don't have, I don't have magazines around the house, never get on my phone and watch stuff. I never had. It was just like, well, if 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 that's what I want, I'm gonna bypass all that. I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go get what I what I want because what we got to a while ago, being that athlete, you know, because that didn't happen until Alice and I whenever we got married. We were, you know, she says that I'm the the best and the worst she's ever had, because I'm the only <laughs> one that she's she's ever had. So she has nothing to uh, compare. But we were both, we were both each other's first, and then we got married. I had been promiscuous, you know, but I never actually had the term sex before. You know, you'd done, you know, the other things to to get those results. You know, with 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 women. So I was gonna say. So it sounds like. Your aunt did something, but it wasn't the full act. No. And no. then, but, but you knew you liked it, you know, things absolutely, happened. So then absolutely. You meet Allison, you guys get married. So you're her first, she's your first. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And then after you get married, you're an athlete, you're a stud, good looking, which I mean, by the way, even now, how old are you now? I'm 45. I just turned 45. 45. I don't know if you can get this on camera, but look at his forearms compared to mine. <laughs> like these are like the dudes just like. You look like Popeye. Remember Popeye had those big old forearms? <laughs> Eating the spinach. He's just freaking yeah. man. So I yeah. can only imagine, you know, you're 17, 18, 19 years old. Like you're probably, and you're at the Dodgers, you're freaking stud. And, you know, women are throwing it at you, yeah. right? Yeah. You um, you know, it's, but that's, but that's what happened whenever, whenever I got into the Dodgers organization, you know, you ever, you know, and, and the word for, for that I would give most men, most men don't want to admit, you know, why does most men sit on the pew with their arms crossed why why you know when the pastor says hey everybody you know raise your hands and acknowledge the lord and you still just sit there after somebody's giving you because you you're eat up with pride and there ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do i'm a grown man i go to work i provide for my family i take care of my family i don't need somebody to tell me to stand up sit down raise my hands do this and it all boils down to pride and that's what my thing was was I didn't, you know, I didn't, I never done drugs. I never, you know, I, I drank alcohol for about six months in, in my 10th grade year in high school. Mm-hmm. But I've never done drugs, alcohol, really. Um, you know, I didn't have anything other than this that problem that I had with with the two-legged creature God put on this earth, and that was, you know, the women. Um, you know, just so everybody's clear, you know, I've had four affairs. Allison knows about every one of them. Um, she probably wouldn't have known about the first one, but whenever – Whenever stuff started coming out, whenever, you know, and we live in a small town where everywhere you go, people know you, people know who your aunts and uncles are, your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Douglas, Georgia. I'm, I was reared in Cleveland, Tennessee. That's where I was born and raised at. And uh, that's where this happened at. And, uh, but then we, whenever I got started playing ball, after I got through playing ball, um, didn't have a college education or anything like that. So I went to work uh, in Georgia. And that's where Allison's family's from is down there in Georgia. So we went to work down there. And so it's a small town, so everybody knew everybody. So um, once something come out with, with somebody local there and I began to share, I thought, you know what? She'll never know about, you know, the enemy starts talking. She'll never know about that when that happened, you know, you know, your, your second year playing ball, you know, it's, it'll be okay. Well, so tell me the first time it happened. How yep. old were you? Where were you? What happened? So the first time that it happened, I was, see, so we got married at, uh, whenever we were 18 and 19, 
So it was probably 21, first time it happened, and we were in uh, – I was in Montana. I was playing in ball in Great Falls, Montana. But we had played our first season in Great Falls, Montana. Come home for, for the off season, went to spring training. Allison and I were expecting our first child hunter. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whenever I went, we had elected that I was going to go back to the season, the second season by myself. So whenever I went out there, um, you know, that's where it happened. It happened out there while, you know, over on the road and, and uh, playing ball and um, all the way across the country. Like I said, probably would have never known about it. So she's in Georgia, you're in Montana? Yeah. Or she's I, in yeah, Montana yeah. with you? No, Allison, Allison's in Cleveland, Tennessee at this time. Okay. Well, she's in Cleveland, Tennessee, because I don't move to Georgia until after I get finished playing ball. Got it. So she's so in Tennessee. She's in Tennessee. In I'm in I'm in Montana, and that's that's where it happens. So and then I come you, like, back. Go out one night at the bar and with the other players, and yeah, well, no, I wouldn't. I never went to a bar. I never went to a bar. I didn't go go in, you know, any of that that type of thing. It was just a you know just something that 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 happened. Um, but um, so that happened. So whenever whenever you know it, it come out locally whenever i did something you know years later um in in our small town whenever it come out locally i thought you know what i hear everybody talking about you're not free until you because i was used to living a double life i'd told so many lies i didn't know what was the truth and what was a lie because i believed my own lies because i'd been so good at covering my tracks or i thought i'd been so good at covering my tracks you know sin to make you do some stupid stuff you know it'll make you park your you know 2500 diesel behind a uh a 10 inch telephone pole and think nobody can see your truck, you know, parked behind a telephone pole while you're you know, doing something. That's just how stupid sin makes you. Um, so anyway, whenever things started coming out, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to get through with this. I'm going to be done with this. I'm going to tell everything. So it was just like a throw up session for me. Let me, let me ask you a quick question mm-hmm. after, cause I've always wondered this. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever had a conversation like this with, like I know, like you know, friends or acquaintances that have cheated on their wives, or whatever. But I've never had a conversation yeah. about this. I usually go home, talk to my wife. Can you believe John did this and so and so did that? How could he do that? And what's he thinking when he's sitting in church the next day and all that stuff? So all the stuff I vented to my wife, yeah. I actually want to ask you now. Yeah. So after you do that the first time, how do you feel? Do you feel relieved? Like man, that was good? Or do you feel like, I can't believe I did that? I'm such a loser. Is my wife going to find out? Like, what goes through your mind, like, after it's over? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, every time after it's over, it's, it's never changed for me. It's always been, you know, what are you doing? That was the stupidest thing that you ever done. You're thinking with the wrong head, you know, <laughs> that that sort of stuff, you know, just being real with you. But, yeah, I mean, you just get a, a feeling of of nastiness, dirtiness, um, you know that 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 you know that you're just a piece of crap. You know what we can talk about too. You know because after after all that stuff went through after uh, my third one, that you know I, I I contemplated you know that this world would be better without me even in it. You know started thinking about you know taking my life and stuff like that. Whenever you but then if you step back and look at it, you think, man, how how cowardly is that? You know that I'm willing to screw up and put my family through all this and bring so much shame and disgrace and dishonor, and then me just leave and, you know, it, and it happens all the time it does i've been guilty of this just like i'm sure a lot of listeners have it's like you we say things like oh well good for that guy he gets to cheat on his wife and kids and do all this stuff and then he takes his own life like yeah. but if you take the title of what the sin was out of it what i'm learning and what i've learned is the devil don't care how he gets you he to don't sin. care it doesn't matter if it's infidelity or drugs or gossip or lying. He wants you to feel like, you know, my pastor said before, which is so true. Like the devil doesn't fight fair. He just wants to fight and take you out. So Mm -hmm. whatever it is, he'll use. 
And his goal is to get you to feel that way. So you'll take yourself out. Like his That's number right. one goal is to steal, kill and destroy. He doesn't That's care right. how he does it. That's right. So however, however he can get Jeff to take himself out, mm-hmm. he'll do that. And we, it's, you know, and people like if I would have, if I would have followed through with that act, you know, sure. My children wouldn't have had a father. My wife wouldn't have had a husband, you know, wouldn't be the friend and the, and the, you know, the, the worker and everything that I am today. But, you know, if that would have happened, you know, if God would have robbed me of so much stuff and two, it, it could have put my, you know, I mean, he could have put my, my children in a downward spiral where they would have just, you know, and it could have affected the their Christians lives. Would have and, said, which I have such a distaste for is the Christians would have said, why did God allow that allow to that, happen yeah, to yeah. Allison and Hunter yeah. and all that stuff to where, I don't think God has a hand in that. He's no. constantly calling oh, you and drawing you, which is why I'm glad we're going to talk about you coming on the other side, because now you can look at the Bramley fa- Bramlett family and say, Hey, God didn't allow all that to happen. There's something called free will. And there's something called deception, Absolutely. which is what you're operating that God's not in that mm-hmm. it's, it's free will, but he's constantly drawing you and pulling you out to where now you look on the other side and it's like, okay, well, God did that where you're at right now. Yeah. So Go back to what you're saying, like how you're you're coming out, you're confessing everything, and you know you take me back to yeah. to that part. So um so whenever everything starts coming out, you know I'm 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 confessing and and all that stuff and and can I ask you why you confessed? Did you get caught or were you guilty? Like what happened? Yeah, well we started getting phone calls. Started getting phone calls from the person, um you know wanting basically you know times get tough, needing money, you know, trying to keep, you know, all this stuff, trying to use whatever straws that she can it's like grab blackmail. Pretty much like that. You better give me this, yep. this, and this, or I'm going to tell your wife. Yep, yep. So, wow. and, then, and then and the phone kept ringing in Allison. You know, Allison's a smart lady. What was that about? Oh, I was just nothing. You know, blow it off as long as you can blow it off because you think, oh, I can I can fix this. You know, that's what the enemy tells you. You're just digging a deeper and deeper hole. And so finally, you know, whenever it, whenever it, whenever it came out, I never will forget that the, you know, and this is this is this would be a word for somebody, you know. She told me because she didn't know that I was contemplating suicide the night before. You know, I actually had a gun, you know, and, and had it had it pointed in the in my mouth and was getting ready to do it. And she she looked at me whenever I told her we were at her house and we were in her bedroom. And uh, you know, she was she was devastated. She was hurt, but but she's a she's an amazing woman and God, you know, gives her grace in certain situations. Uh but she laid hands on me and prayed for me. That's and, and and was I mean, she I mean, yeah, she was mad. Uh, she was crying. She was upset, but she prayed, laid her hands on me, and she said, "You know." And she was like, "God, you know, yeah, I want us to be together, but I want Jeff whole. Whatever it takes to get Jeff whole, whether we're together, whether we're not together, that's what my will for is for you know for his life." And of course, she knew, she understands the Bible and the covenant. She knew that really what I'd done was the only thing the Bible says that you're permitted to get a divorce over. Yeah, you know. So she, but through all that, she decided to to stay, and she looked at me. And she said, you know, I don't know why, but I need to tell you that sin is forgivable, but death is permanent. Wow. And she didn't know what had happened the night before, you know, that I was contemplating taking my life. And it just it just broke something in me. But, you know. Why did she say that? Just the Holy Spirit I, 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 Yeah, I just, I just guess that, that, you know, that she had said that, you know, because I'm sure I was like, I'm just a worthless piece of crap. You know, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you. Trying to, you know, even though you're the one that committed the, the, the sin, the affair, you know, you always turn it back to yourself, just like drug addicts. Always, you know, they, they mess up and they're like, well, I can't do this because I don't have that. It's that poor old me, pitiful me. You're always turning the spotlight back on yourself because you're thinking if I can stay in a defeated mentality, 
I don't have to answer those tough questions because I think, well, if I if I push him too much, it may make him, you know, go off the other end or something like that. So it's just a, uh, you know, um, I wasn't living victorious. I was living through the victim mentality. Um, so she laid hands on me, prayed for me. Um, now I'm not going to say the next couple of days wasn't wasn't rough because she had right. she had got through the grace that God had gave her for that, and then everything started setting in, and we started having conversations and um stuff so um that night that she laid hands and prayed on you you said something broke in you like what what does that mean what happened well i think it was just you know um just a just a you know and because i wasn't i wasn't sorry that it had happened at that time i was sorry that i got caught Mm. you know there's a difference between apologizing because you got caught or apologizing because you're truly sorry i wasn't truly sorry i wasn't truly repent even after that i wouldn't you know I, i thought i was but I still went on to, you know, to do it again later on. And, um, you I'll, know, I'll, I mean, we'll ask, I'll ask you about that in a second yeah. too, but like how, so what was that like? Did you know that you were sorry and not, you know, I, I don't know if I heard it from well, Papa Greg, but he said there's a difference between being sorry and a difference between repenting. Yeah. Yeah. You were sorry. Yeah. I was sorry because I got caught. You know how most people are. They're always, oh, I'll never do that again. I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And most people time, you know, people, whenever, whenever that thing happens, that's the correct thing to say. You know, that's what you think. That's the correct thing to say. I'm supposed to say I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. And then life keeps rolling. You get back in your normal. You know, what happens is is I didn't change, you know, the atmospheres that I was going in, the, my talks at work. You know, I was still listening to, you know, Allison will tell you, I've never been one. I don't, you know, I don't cuss. Uh, I, you know, we done decided, you know, talked about that. I've never looked at porn or anything like that, really. I mean, I've seen it, but I had never dwelled right. on it. But it, so it wasn't like, I mean, but I'd sit there and listen to guys tell dirty jokes or somebody would, somebody walk by and a guy would say something about, I didn't, I didn't veer away from that conversation, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't, um, change the subject or change the conversation. That's like me agreeing with it, you know? So I just, I just, I just didn't change my habits. I didn't change who I hung around with, my friends, what we call iron friends now. You know, there wasn't anybody that I could confine in and say, look, man, I'm struggling with this. I need you to pray for me and help me with this. I just kind of kept it all bottled in. And all of a sudden, somebody stroke your ego because I was eat up with pride. I thought, well, here I am a professional athlete. You know, I'm God's gift to this world for, for women's what, you know, what the enemy, you know, told you. So, you know, I can have and do whatever I want to do and, and this is going to be okay. So, Whenever that ego gets stroked, not that my wife wasn't stoked, because our, our marriage, our sex life was wonderful. I mean, she couldn't have done any better. I mean, we were, you know, making love, you know, as often as I wanted to and as often as we can. Uh, she never threw stuff up in my face, really. It was just like um, whenever something. I have so many questions right now. And because, <laughs> and here's why. And I'm probably all over the place, too. Well, so. No, you're not. This is fantastic. I'm, it's awesome. And, but I, I got mad ADD. And if I don't ask you, then I'll, I'll forget, but, and you could tell me, you don't want to answer that if you don't want to, but it's, you know, as a man, and I'm curious to ask this question. So you said you had a good sex life with your wife. Yep. Why did you go outside of that? And when you did, was it different? Like, what did it feed that your wife wasn't feeding in the marriage sexually? Yeah. Um. So, Whenever you, whenever you, whenever we look back at it now, um, every everything that I did, it was just, it, it was like, it was like, and you know, Allison says this, and I, and I'll start with this. You know, Allison says because everybody asked me the question, are you afraid that Allison's going to pay you back? Is she going to get back at you? And, and my answer was no. You know, and she says, Jeff, this is the biggest compliment you could have ever paid me. She said, 
because I told the people who asked me that, I said, Allison won't never cheat on Jesus. She, she, you know, I ain't got to worry about her cheating on me because she'll never cheat on Jesus. So her yes to Jesus is stronger than any no that she'll ever have to say to any other man. And I wasn't at that place. My yes to her and my commitment to my marriage wasn't a strong yes as it needed to be, whereas it was easy to me to say yes to something else. So whenever that person come by and, and you know, stroked your ego, and I mean, you know, it wasn't stuff that, 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 that I was emotionally tied into where we talked about this thing, you know, week after week after week. It was just something that just, just happened. And then once it happened, you're like, okay, well, you know, I've already done this. So I guess if you do it again, it ain't as, as bad. It means you can't get any further in just saying as, as how confused I was, you know? So when you would go outside of the marriage, like sexually, was it, was it like, was it worse? Like, was it, were you just like, did it feed something inside of you that you're like, this isn't me. It was, well, like, you say that addiction, you know, it's, it's, and, it, and this is what, you know, Alice and I, you know, I, I can't pinpoint one thing that, I mean, of course it was always, um, what, what, what we as, as Christians and we as people would consider it to be almost like dirty sex, you know, stuff right. like was just, you know, um, spontaneous. But I think, you know, that it was almost the, 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 um, the endorphins that went along was being sneaky of not getting caught the, yeah. the spontaneous, the spur of the moment thing. And, and then, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes it was just one time, sometimes it would be, you know, two or three times or whatever, but it was just, it's just deception. It's it, it like is. the devil. It like is. we said, he doesn't fight fair. T two stories I'm thinking of. One was a good buddy of mine that I'm still good buddies with that, you know, I've been ministering to. And he, you know, he told me about two or three months ago that he goes, dude, I'm, and he came out with it. And I had no idea. He goes, dude, I'm struggling with porn. I'm yeah. like, wow. And he told me, he goes, he said, it's the stupidest thing ever. He goes, and I don't understand why. He goes, but like, I'm addicted to the fantasy. He goes, like, my sex life is great with my wife. He goes, but like the stuff that I watch, it's like the gardener comes in and she's at home and he goes, it's just the sneakiness and it's right, that erotic right. like difference that he goes, and I don't understand it. He goes, cause I don't really want to do that. Like he goes, I don't want to go, you know, with the neighbor next door. He goes, but watching it creates all this stuff. Like that was the first story. So I, I get it because the devil will operate in deception. Then the other thing. When I was 18 years old and I had a fake ID, I would go to bars in Orange County, California. And there was a place called Josh Slocum's in Orange County and Dennis Rodman was part owner. And this is when Dennis Rodman was on top of the world. You know, he was banging every chick, you know, in America pretty much. And he was with Carmen Electra. And I'm a young, and we're just getting, I'm sitting there, I'm partying with Dennis Rodman. And I asked him, I'm like, I asked him, I said, dude, what's it like to be with Carmen Electra? And, you know, what's it like? I'm asking him like un-Christian yeah, questions because yeah. I was, you know, not in the right place then. And he looks at me, he goes, Matt, he goes, in lack of better terms, he said it in a different way that I can't say on the podcast, but he goes, it's all the same. Well, you know, whenever you started saying that, you know, I, that's what I, I've tell, and with Allison in the room, and I tell everybody, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, it's the same result. Yep. You're, you're getting the same result. They're getting the same result. You know, the, the the terminology out there that might not want to say that I might allude to a little bit, you know, if it's basically if you if you've seen one, you've seen them all. If yes. you've had one, you've had it all. It's the it's the exact same end result, but it's the it's it's basically the the ride to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, like you say, the 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 sneakiness, the 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 secretive and all that stuff of, of getting there. And and I asked him, he goes, It's all the same. I said, Really? 
but it's Carmen Electra. And like, this is like in the mid nineties when Carmen Electra was like, Whoa, I'm like, but it's Carmen Electra. He goes he's like, no, nah, man. He goes, I don't feel any better after being with her than I do that, you know, chick yeah, over there. Yeah. And he probably pointed to one of the, you know, not so attractive people in the whole bar. I'm like, yeah. really? Well, you know, and, and next week, whenever you guys, you know, talk with Allison, um, you know, and, and, you know, you, you've, you've seen Allison and Eli's seen Allison, but the, you know, a lot of your viewers hadn't seen her, but when you see her, you're going like, it's a freaking idiot, man. Look how hot she is. She <laughs> looks, she looks good. And this, and she loves Jesus. She loves me. She adores me. She's a, she's a, she's a good lady. She's, she's all about family, all about God, what every man wants. So, but, but something in here gets, gets screwy. So this is my next question that. because that's happened. Like most of the time, you know, I'm taking God out of what I'm about to say. So precursor to the viewers, this is not a God thing. Taking God out of it. A, a guy would say like, and I've said it before, that guy's a freaking idiot. His wife's way hotter than that chick he was with. Mm -hmm. Like I've said that a million times and I know a handful of people right now that have or are currently cheating on their wives. And I'm like, what an idiot. Their, their wives, you know, way hotter than that. So here's my question now is bringing God back in as a man of God. Like, how can I, like, when do you decipher between I'm judging this person versus like, I'm using discernment and I need to get away from, you know, that guy. Cause it talks about in, I think it's Ephesians when Paul talks about, I think it's Ephesians five, Paul talks about the church of Ephesus and how they got into the sexual immorality. And he mm -hmm. says like, you got to cut those people out. Yeah. Like if they're in the body of Christ and they're actively doing that, you got to cut them out. You got to yeah. kick them out. Yeah. If that would have happened to you, you probably would have committed suicide. Yeah. Or, or, or went wide. And I went to, you know, inhale in a gas truck, so to speak. So that's my you question know? is how do I know if I'm judging somebody incorrectly? Like, cause at the time I probably would have looked at you and probably said, you know, this guy's got to go get him yeah. out, get him yeah. out. But well, and, I, and I'll tell you this, I think the body of Christ is, is amazing because I think God graces you for different things. Like I have mercy and I have grace for people who have had the same addiction that I, that I went through. You know, you may not have a lot of tolerance for it because you never dealt with it. Right. Somebody who's been through drugs and alcohol, I don't have a lot of tolerance for it because I've never walked through that addiction. Somebody who That's has, they can, they can, they can have grace and mercy on that because like I said, I mean, I can I can be real with people and say, dude, you know, what are you what are you thinking? I mean, I mean, what are you what are you what are you getting out of this? I mean, is this a and you know, at the end of the day, for guys, I know for me, most of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's always pride. You think, well, I work hard, I'm a good person, I'm a up. You know, that's what I, I was a deacon in the church, Matt. That's okay. So that's this is my last question about the past, and then we'll get to the good okay. stuff. Is what was it like for you? Because I've always wondered this. You go out, you do it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you did it three times, two or three times. Your wife forgave you. You mm -hmm. said you were sorry. And then you go out and you do it again. Mm -hmm. how, how do you go out and do it and then sit in church? What's going through your mind in church? Like, are you like, God knows me. And this is another thing that I hate that people do. It's like, well, you know, I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. And God knows my weakness struggle, but he loves me anyway. And they sit in church knowing they're going to go out and do it again. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It 
bothers me a yeah. lot. And well, I don't know if I'm judging them or if I have a righteous anger. I really yeah. don't. Well, a lot of times those, those people don't know who they are in Christ. When have you realized who you are in Christ and what, you know, the price that Jesus paid for you and that, you, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to blank bring, you know, you don't want to just Did you not know? Because you'd already given your well, life to the no, Lord. Well, I, no, I, I'd lived a double life for so long. I was, you know, I'd, I'd been so hardened. Um, I, You know, I could come in. I could worship God. I could raise my hands. I could go out to eat with wow. with people. Al and Snow, you felt okay doing that? And, and it was just like it's just like I could take that part of my life and put it over here, and then I could still function. I also was like, you, you never knew that anything was wrong with me. I didn't, my facial expressions didn't come. I didn't have, uh, didn't have, you know, you, you had, what do you call them, burner phones. You know, you had a burner phone. I didn't have to worry about my phone ringing, getting text messages, anything like that. Um, so I could compartmentalize that thing and pick it up whenever, you know, this flesh wanted to. So wanted you had to a act burner out. phone. You had a different phone? Yeah. Yeah. At one point I did. I didn't I always do that. You know, it, it, whenever, heck, whenever Alice and I were, when it first happened, we didn't even have, you know, you had those big old bag phones that went in the car. You take it out of the car and bring it. You know, you had to pull up to a pay phone and, and put money in it. You know, MCI calling cards is how we called each other back yeah. home. So you didn't, you didn't have all that stuff. So, um, you know, I would say today for teenagers, you know, young men, young married men, it's 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 in your face all the time. I mean, even for the women, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's constantly in your face. You know, you look at um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones down the street that's got it all together, that they're going on vacation somewhere every week and you know, they have this pool and the kids are in private school and their kids are excelling in this and you know, then enemy makes you feel like that here I am, just poor old me and my family, we're struggling just to get by and you know, you start you start fantasizing and thinking that that's the lifestyle that you want. That's the picture that the enemy plants, you know, puts out there in front of you. And you start pursuing, like you said, your buddy did a fantasy. You know, you don't know what's going on in those four walls. They could be just in all kinds of torment and turmoil. He could be running around. She could be running around. You know, kids could, you know, I mean, heck here we are. Um, you know, where if we're going to throw it out there, we're going to throw it all out. You know, I have a, uh, a grandson, Robert, who we adore. But, uh, you know, he was conceived out of wedlock when my, you know, my daughter and son-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, my, my son-in-law is a um, uh, a guy that come out of rehab, Canaan land out of out of uh, Alabama. He was in Canaan land for a year. It's a year-long Bible training center. So here my daughter falls in love with, I mean, for lack of better terms, a, a, a drug head, a druggie. And I looked at his, you know, and I looked at him. I said, dude, I said, hey, whenever he come to me and asked me for her hand in marriage, you know, he, he was he was out of recovery and he was doing good and he's been good. He's, he's you know, five years clean now and they're the youth pastors and they're involved and, I love and all Russ. that stuff. But, but you know, I looked at him and said, Russ, I said, you you tell me what, what rightful dad would want their daughter to marry a drug addict. What rightful dad would want their daughter to marry a sex addict. You know, so you st- like you say, you start casting judgment, but then God quickly corrected me and said, you know what, I'm giving you the very best thing that I have, and that's my daughter. You know, and I want you, I know that you're a good man. You can, ch- you're going to cherish her and take care of her. You know, so we never talk about the the negative. You know, because what Russ always says, and we use it as a family motto. You know, a mind made up is a battle won. If you make your mind up, when if you go into a situation, you know, I'm not going to. Most of the time, you're going to come out of that thing. You know, not smelling like smoke. But if I go in, if I if I think I can go into a a strip club and change, if I got a buddy in there and I can go in there and change him, if I go in that place, he, it's gonna wind up conforming me than me going. You know, it says to go out in twos. You know, and 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 but 
you just that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You have to change your 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 um your people you're hanging out with. You have to change your iron friends. You have to change those that you're listening to that are speaking into your life. Because I also had girls that was speaking into her life that were like, Jeff's just a sorry blankety blank. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing this. I can't believe you're still staying. You know, she's constantly getting this chatter in her ear. You know, he's never going to change. He's always going to be like that. You're just going to continue to let him run over you. But she had to replace all those thoughts with what the Word of God was telling her that, you know, that we can have a victorious marriage, that our kids can, you know, not be, a you know, uh, you know attached to a generational curse and, you know, and their lives be, you know, damned and all that stuff. So it's, it's. um. So that's what I was going to ask. So what changed for you? Because it, going back, she laid a hand on you, you were sorry, but you were still leading this double life. Sure. So did you get caught again or did you say I can't do this anymore and come out like what was the straw that broke the camel's Well, I mean, back? yeah, yeah, I got, I got uh, caught again and this time it was a little bit deeper. You know, sin always take you further than you want to go, keep yep. you knowing where to stay, make it cost more than what you want to pay. I mean, we've all heard that. And it happened again and this time it it, it involved um, you know, uh, basically a husband and wife. Um, so it got a, it got a little little deeper, a little bit more twisted. Um, you know, whereas, you know, he just wanted to sit there and, you know, basically watch, um, you know, that sort of thing, you know, and Allison knows all this, you know, you're like, dude, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're saying all this, you know, in front of all these people. But, you know, if I say something, if it's for one person, it's meant, you know, it's meant to be because I used to not be able to talk about this because I still had a pride and I was still thinking, you know what, you still like to entertain that flesh a little bit. And you think, you know what, I, I, I may want to do this again one day, you know, and here I am throwing my air in my laundry out. But whenever you get on the side of it and you get, get victorious on something, you know, you realize the freedom that comes with it. And if it just, you know, so helps the one family. Time the husband was in on it mm-hmm. and actually wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did they approach you? Like how, that's what I want to like, are you out? Cause you're not a drinker. So it's not like no. you're out at a bar one night no. and a couple swingers come up to you. No. Like what, like what happened? You know, <laughs> Can I ask or no? No, listen, listen. Like I said, Allison knows everything. We're an open book. I just got curious. Like I really, I genuinely like. I want to know. Like it's just, it's just having unwholesome conversation. It's having you know not the godly conversation. If we'd been talking about the things of God and and life and family and doing things and stuff like that, would have never. The enemy would have never been able to to plant that. But because of our conversations, wasn't always upright and and holy conversations. It allowed the enemy to come in and put a thought in his mind put a thought in her mind, and then they approached me with it. You think they approached then, you because they knew your past? Absolutely. See, absolutely. that's how. That, that's how. And it, this isn't a shock. It's a shock to me and probably a lot of people listening, but it's not a shock to God because, like I said, you know, like 10 minutes ago, the Church of Ephesus, I think it's Ephesus chapter 5, Paul, you should pull that up, Eli. Ephesians chapter 5. I think that was going on 2,000 years ago when it talks about, you know, sons having infidelity with their father's wives and stuff. It's like yeah. Yeah. the devil don't care. They don't care. It don't matter if it's a church or a bar. Like if you don't know him, church, you know, the, your barometer of being a Christian or knowing God is not church attendance. Yeah. It's not even yeah. ministry. It's knowing him and loving people, right? That's okay, right. so. Well, let me do this. Let me answer your question because you asked me what yeah. actually, what was a straw that broke the camel's back that said, you know, you know, and. And yeah, you got caught again. I wasn't sorry because I, you know, I was sorry because I got caught, you know, but I, you know, we, we have in South Georgia, we have bird dogs. We did, we do a lot of quail hunting and stuff. So I have some bird dogs. So I was down in the, the dog, literally, you know, coming to yourself in the pig slop, 
You know, we all know the story about, you know, the prodigal son that came back. He found yeah. himself and he said, even my father's, you know, servants and, and animals eat better than that. He was eating the pig slop. So I was down there washing out dog pens. I was washing out crap out of the dog pens, just washing out. And that's whenever, you know, I just said, you know, God, it was, it was simple. It wasn't nothing elaborate. I said, God, I do not want to be this person anymore. I don't want to act like this anymore. I mean, I hit my knees in the barn and just started, you know, I didn't, I knew if I talked, I would mess it up. So I started praying in the, you know, the Holy Spirit. You know, I just started speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. Didn't know what I was saying, didn't care what, but God knew what I was saying. He knew my that's heart. That's the first time you spoke in the Spirit? No, that's not the first time. Okay. I, that's the first time I'd spoke in the Spirit. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's just like anything else. You know, sometimes, you know, people, you know, people try to coach you in the spirit and be like, hey, you got to just start with the little words and then right. just start coming and just start. And that's the way, I mean, not that it's right or wrong, but that's the way that, that I've done. And that's the way that I, that I, that I operated a lot of times. But, but, you know, I, I knew that I'd come to my, to my end and I did not want to be that person anymore. And it was selfish. I didn't want my, my, my kids to have to live with the disgrace and my wife to have to live with disgrace anymore. And my grandkids that I knew that I'd be having one day. See, at this time I didn't have grandkids, but I knew that I'd be having grandkids. And I said, I don't want to be this man. I don't want one of my kids or my grandkids go to somebody's house. Who's your Who's your mom today? Oh, this is such and such. And such. Who's Who's their parents? Oh, it's Jeff and I. Said, oh, yeah, we 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 know who your granddaddy is. He mm-hmm. you know he liked the ladies. I didn't want that because yeah, that's been a part of my life for heck, Allison. I've been married for. 20, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary back in June. We've been together almost 30 years. So that's been a part of my life for 24 years, pretty much, you know, minus the, you know, eight years ago. So for a better part of 15, mm-hmm. 16, 17 years, that's been a part of my life. But the enemy would lie to me and say, you know what, because you've done all this in the past, you can never be the man of God that, that God's called you. But you can never be a good father. You can never be a good husband. You can never be a, a good citizen, you know. But, you know, I thought, you know what? I can. I've got so much more life ahead of me than I do right. behind me. That you know, and I and I say this to a lot of of people who may be going through something. Um, my wife, you know, she did a sermon on this um, a couple of weeks ago. You know that a lot of times whenever you go share with someone, that's who I would caution you to is be careful who you share with because some people, like you say, am I doing it out of judgment or am I actually doing it because I care for the person? A lot of people do it just out of judgment. They want to talk about you because that gets the spotlight off of them. Gossip is probably, it's, it's, it's I have terrible. the biggest distaste for it. It's you know, and people, so you know, bad. you go to people and they'll be like, hey, um, you know, well, right here in, in um, James, it talks about if somebody's hungry and you have the means to feed them and you don't feed them, you know, what good is talking about, you know, faith without works? Well, my wife could say, I'm praying for you. I'm believing for our marriage to work and do all that stuff. And she could still go through all the motions at her job. Oh, by the way, she's the, you know, she's a pastor too. So that, that makes the story even, <laughs> even a little bit more juicier. So, um, you know, so she could do all that. She could say all that stuff. But whenever she knew that I was sinking, she wasn't throwing me a little life preserver out there and saying, here, here, honey, here, here's a prayer I'm praying for you. You know, just stay afloat, stay afloat. She didn't throw me out a, a boat and say, here, just climb in and, and get out of it for a little while. No, she jumped in. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to, I'm talking to Allison next week. So if you guys are into this one, you're definitely going to want to tune in next week when we talk to the wife, Allison, get her side of the story. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you is she forgave you the first time, laid hands on you, right. saved you from suicide. Mm-hmm. What was it like the second time for her when she found out? It, I mean, it's just you know, basically just she she says you know, 
basically you're sabotaging their marriage. You know, you say you love us, you say this, but your all your actions are saying differently. You know, but but it it just she just kept getting angry and angry. You know, Allison, you know, we're gonna be real, so we're gonna talk about her yeah. her stuff a little bit. You know, yeah, you know, she 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 speaks English, she speaks in tongues, and she don't speak Spanish, but she did find her third language, and we make fun of a lot of it. But it's I mean, she started you know she she she, she would get angry and it would come out in in cussing, and. uh <laughs> And she would just, I think she would, I think she would just, funny sometimes. she would just, you know, light into me. I mean, it wasn't just, I mean, you know, we judge seeing, oh, it's not the big word. You know, she's going to talk about the real F word probably next week. I'm kind of giving a, a, a leeway yeah. into it, but, and that's forgiveness, you know, but, um, but it, it, it kept, I mean, it was just like ripping off a new scab and she would be hurt and she'd be, and because it's a small town and she knew people yeah. that, that I was with and she would minister. Let me tell you how big girl my wife is. She would minister to some of the kids of the parents that I was, that the of the wife that I was with, she would minister to their children that would come in that would be broken, and she would put all of her personal stuff aside, put her you know big girl panties on, and minister like that person was broken like it was, and put everything else aside, her, her personal you know things. But um, so she, I mean, so she truly forgave you. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she truly forgave me. She has forgiven me. I mean, we, we talk about it now. Everybody's like, man, every time y'all get together, you're all the time. Talking about Jeff's screw ups, you know, and and everybody's like, poor old Jeff, you know, just no. I mean, I I choose, I chose this. I mean, yeah, you know, we we chose to fight for our family and not with our family. You mentioned, I mean, and you guys do mention a lot. Like the first time I met you, one of the first things Allison said was, you know, I have a a marriage. It's twenty five years. I have a miracle marriage. My husband here. This is Jeff. Meet Jeff. He had a sex addiction. I'm like, whoa. Jeff, yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah, like that's yeah. the, my first intro to Jeff. But now getting to know you, you uh, being around you, like I really can feel you don't feel guilty. You don't feel condemned. No, it's, no. it really like when the Bible says that's a different person. Like I really see that with you. How did that happen? What was the difference between the second time and the first time? Because the first time you said you were sorry you got caught. Yeah. Second time. You changed. It was different. What well, was it? Well, I mean, I changed a little bit, Matt. I didn't change after the really the second and third time. Whenever you know, it was it was after the you know after the fourth time that I was just like, you know what? I, I meant when I you got caught. I feel like uh, you you did yeah. it three times, got yeah. caught, yeah. and then did it one more time, yep. and got caught. Yeah, right? that's right. That's okay. right. So I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, you just you just realize that. Like I said, for me, my thing was it was just an ego thing. It was a pride thing. I felt like that, you know, that, yeah, I'm this ex-professional athlete, you know, that that I can do this and people would want to be with me and, you know, you do that. And, I mean, I didn't – I mean, I hate to say that, but, you know, you, you didn't care. I mean, my action, you know, you always say actions speak louder than words. I didn't care who I hurt, who I who it affected. I was I was in it for my flesh, what my flesh You really got were out. a different person. Yeah. I have a tough question to ask you now. Okay. You're eight years on the other side. Sure. Different guy. I've only known this guy. In the last eight years, have you ever been tempted yeah, to yeah, do it again? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Like it's crossed your mind, like an invitation, something to where you're like, oh, crap, this might happen again. Right, right. And, and whenever That's that, happened? Whenever that happens, I pick the phone up and I call out somebody. Like, and it's a tough, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a tough conversation. You're like, look. This person just walked into my office, and this is how I failed, or this is what they said. You know, we'll be sitting in a restaurant. I'm sitting here. She's sitting there. Somebody comes in, big busted lady, and they're about to fall out. Mm -hmm. I say, hey, we got to switch seats. 
And she'll say, what do you mind? I said, just whenever you get over here, you'll see. And we, and we switch. Because if I let my, if I entertain that thing, it's in my, my thought, because everybody says, oh, I don't have any thoughts. I don't. I, I have a hard time believing that. I mean, you and I see the same thing. We, we think the same thing. Mm-hmm. But where we go with that thought is what's different. You know, you can cast that thought down and, and you know, think about your, your wife and your family and, 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 you know, how good God is and all that stuff. And some people take that thought and think, well, if I can just look at her and blink my eyes twice and she knows that mm-hmm. it, it's on. You know, it's just like anything else. Somebody who's got a sex addiction, I, I can walk into a room full of people and I know who I could say a little gesture to to possibly get that door to open for a later conversation just like a drug addict whenever a drug addict goes in a room you know that yeah, spirit you know that spirit yeah that spirit puts off so i and it's bad to say i can still feel that because that that's what part of me and, and I, that's part of my old nature and i know if i don't expose that old nature you know because i mean really it scares the hell out of me the thing that's that, I was gonna, that here's I, another tough question how do you know you're never going to do it again do you know you're never going to do really, it? I mean, to be honest with you, you don't never know. The only thing I know that I live each day the very best, and I try to act like Jesus the very best. And now I have accountability. My father-in-law, believe it or not, mm-hmm. is one of my accountability partners. Um, if I see something or think something, a lot of times if you expose, if you throw light on a situation, the darkness has to go. If you, if you, you know, Jesse DePlanis says that on the, you know, he, a lot of times he was in an elevator or whatever, and somebody propositioned him and he just starts screaming, Babylonian whore, Babylonian whore. I'm not saying to go, you know, that extreme, you know, cause Jesse can get away with that. But, but if you entertain, I'm start yelling at people calling Babylonian whores when they, <laughs> you know, but if you expose, wrong. if you expose whatever sins in your life, your flesh don't like it, so it's not going to want to do it over and over again. And it just becomes a way of life. I surround my people. You know, I surround myself with people who speak life into our situation, who speak life into me. I'm always with my wife. I'm always bragging on my wife. That's another thing. I never really, even though we had such a good marriage and she's a good person, I never really, I mean, unless you saw my ring or saw pictures, you're like, well, is Jeff married? Is you not married? I, you know, I don't know if you were, you know. Now I'm always like, you know, me and my wife, we do this. I'm always making everybody know that I love my wife, and I'm, but you know, the, is it is it less hard for you now? That is the temptation. Yeah, less? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The temptation is less because you already know what that looks like on the other side. But, so you probably don't even want. Well, it. Let me ask you this: How many of y'all goes down the highway with guardrails? You know, you, just say you're up in a um, Signal Mountain, you know, and uh, you know you're up there seeing Rock City, and you got all the the guardrails or whatever. And there's none of us drive down the road and be like, man, I wish that guardrail wasn't there so I could just get as close to the edge as I could get and see if I can slip off. No, if something happens and you hit that guardrail, you're thankful that guardrail's there. Me doing this, that's a guardrail I have in my life. So I have to keep the guardrails. You know, Andy Stanley does a good teaching on guardrails. You know, we don't never think that we need a guardrail until we need one. Right. Whenever you, whenever that thing, you know, it goes off the, the road. So putting guardrails in your life is, is a wonderful thing, you know, and, and it, to me, to be honest, the toughest conversation that I ever have to have is whenever I look at my wife and say, you know what, I love you, but this is what my flesh is feeling, or this is what I saw, or this is what I'm thinking, or it scares me that I might do this. But whenever you do that, it brings such unity. And to me, it makes me feel better about myself, and help. it helps us. You know, it, it forms a bond that I think, you know, that, that, you know, it talks about, you know, in the world, you know, whenever you got two holes or two halves that makes a whole. Well, in the in the in the word of you know in, in the spirit of God, whenever you got two holes, it makes one. So whenever she and I are whole together, we become one. You know, as as the body of Christ, you know, we're we're seen as one as husband and wife. And um, so I think you know, so I just got guardrails up in my life. I have checkpoints and balances and stuff like that. Whenever I feel something, 
I go ahead and, you know, I'll, I'll say something or I'll, when people start telling stuff now, I don't necessarily talk bad about them saying dirty jokes, you know, because we're all in the office atmosphere. Guys come in and they talk about, you know, this or whatever, and I don't laugh at the jokes. I just kind of go to my way, and I don't have to say, hey, I'm not a part of that. I don't have to beat my chest and say, right. hey, I'm not a part of that anymore. But they know. You don't whenever, scream Babylonian whenever you, horn. Yeah, whenever you walk away and you're not in, you're not involved in that that conversation, they know. They know. So that's just stuff that I have to do in my life. It's like your walk speaks louder than your words. That's right. That's right. I like that. So now today, mm-hmm. do you feel like, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Do you feel like a, a recovering addict or do you feel like a different person? I feel like a different person. I mean, I totally feel, you know, in the game of life, you know, you know, I talk sports a lot. You know, in the game of basketball, you know, rebounding is a very important key in the game of basketball because why? Even, even you know, somebody like Steph Curry still misses a lot of shots. He makes a lot, but he still misses a lot of shots. But you're not going to win if you don't learn how to rebound. You're not going to win in life if you don't learn how to rebound. The Bible says that, a, that, that the definition of a righteous man in Proverbs, that a righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up. So what's the definition of a righteous man? I mean, he's going he's gonna to fall, so he gets back up. So that's what, that's what makes me keep going on is, 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 is that, you know, that I feel like that, that we've rebounded, you know, it's, it's not about how many shots you miss or how many shots you don't miss. It's, you know, it's, it's about what do you do whenever things get tough and the tough get going, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you call on those who you know that are going to, you know, speak life into your situation? You know, a lot of times we have, we, we go to our, our, our clubs, our girlfriends, our, our, our sorority people, our, our buddies, our drinking buddies, instead of going to a pastor, instead of going to, to a, a Christian counselor or somebody else that, that are going to tell you what you don't want to hear. That's the reason why you don't go to them, because they're going to tell you what you don't want to so hear. Th- I want to use this moment as we as we wrap up this episode, to, and this is why I pray before every episode, because I feel like this is a God moment for listeners. And I think this episode is going to be shared a lot from wives to husbands, from husbands to wives from friends that know that their friends are messing up or thinking about messing up. First of all, to the man who was you 10 years ago, mm-hmm. cheating on his spouse, thinking about cheating on his spouse has done it once and is tempted to do it again. What would you say to that person now that you're on the other side? How can you help that person? The person who's currently cheating or thinking about cheating? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you got to get honest with yourself and know that you have a problem. A lot of times, you people think, "Well, I don't have a problem." I mean, if you, if 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 you're thinking like that, you're you're not thinking the way God wants it to be. I mean, we all have thoughts, but if you start thinking about and start, start you know, how to plan out how to how to meet up with this person, that's something. But but the thing, I mean, scream out for help. I mean, you know, if you throw light on the situation, like I said, it, it, this flesh does not like to be embarrassed. But if you embarrass your flesh enough. You know, you become, it, it becomes a way of life. It becomes a habit, you know, getting up, reading the Word of God, replacing, you know, replacing, um, you know, thoughts with, 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 with good thoughts and good intentions. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, Matt, it, it's, it's a, if you make your mind up, a mind made up's about it, you know, because we've all said it, oh, my mom and dad did it, or my dad was like this, or we've always said, oh, he acts that way because that's the way his daddy was. That's just the way his daddy was. That's the way his uncle was. That's the way his family. You know, we start labeling people. But when you realize that, you know, that that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. I mean, that's really that's what it did it for me was, you know, I went to church, Jesus was like a was like a 
uh, an action figure. It's like George Washington. It was a historical figure that was something way back in the past. I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. but And I think if you... You know, first you got to be transparent with your wife. You got that's got to be your best friend. You got to be able to tell. You know, but a lot of times, a lot of wives and a lot of husbands don't make it a safe place for you to come and share some pretty sure. stuff. Stuff. Yep. You know, for for me to go to, if I go to my wife and say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking," if her just to fly off the handle, I'm gonna think, "Okay, I'm not gonna mention that again." I learned from that experience, so I'm I'm just gonna keep it to myself, and eventually. You're going to start getting. That's one. My next question is what would you say to the wife who thinks her husband's cheating or know that her husband's cheating or has caught him? What would you say to her? Because I mean, because of your wife, you came out on the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, unfortunately not in all cases, but you know, I think that women's heads are on their shoulders a lot better, better than guys heads are. Um, God just gives them that. You know, instinct, motherly instinct. You know, they, they, they. I'm, I'm a rash person. If I, if I want to go buy a new gun, I go buy it. If I want to buy players, I go buy it. Allison's like, well, let's think about this. This is what we got coming up in five years. This is what we're wanting to do. And I'm like, hey, don't worry about that. They print money every day. We'll have, we'll have money to do it whenever we do that. But for the women, you know, I would say, you know, first of all, you got to decide. Are you willing to fight for your family and not with your family? Are you willing to fight for your marriage and that's not good. against your marriage? Because ultimately, that's the only thing, like I said, that's the only thing that the Bible says that it's permissible for one to leave the other is is, is for, you know, infidelity, for, for for adultery. But I will tell you this, it's just like anything else. Whenever something's tore down and it's and it's rebuilt, it's stronger and it's better. I mean, Allison, mine and Allison's marriage is better. It, there's a freedom that comes with me being able to, to lay my phone down and not have to worry about anything. And that's another thing I would think, you know, if, if somebody gets snappy, mm-hmm. I still get like that. I mean, my phone rings all the time. I'm, I mean, I'm in sales, so I get phones, calls, and text messages, you know, and she'd be like, who is that? And I'm sitting here texting her or on the phone or whatever, and she's asking me who that is, and, and I'm not answering her question. I was like, it's it's work-related. You know, you turn around and show it to her like, yeah. look, get off my back. I'm not – you know that should be a red flag. Okay, something's not right here. He's he's getting offensive of that. Of that. You know, I'm saying it to my own self. I mean, I still do that today. Right. You know, but but it's just because I'm I'm. But that would be a red flag to me for 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 um you know for a wife or for for any spouse if they got a code on their phone and they don't want you to know the code on their phone. Well, oh, I don't want the kids to get them a hold of my phone and you know put you know screw it up or whatever. There's 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 ways to do that, or, or your wife needs to know your you know your code or your phone. But that's what I would say. You know, it's it's you got to make the decision. You know, whichever one's cheated, are you willing to stick it out? Because I will tell you, and Allison gets mad every time I say this, but <laughs> she's not here. It it <laughs> the the easy thing that not the godly thing, but the easy thing to do is to tuck your tail and run. Okay, the kids will be fine. We'll get a divorce. They'll have a stepdad. They'll have a stepmom. We'll go our separate ways. This will be behind me. I won't be labeled as this person. I'll have a new life. That's really the easy thing to do. Yeah, we'll have to pay child support and all that stuff, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm skating out. You know, I'm getting out of this. The hard thing to do is stand there and admit that you've messed up and that you know that, you know, that what you did was wrong. But you know what? I love you enough, and I love God enough, and I love our kids enough that, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make you know to make me whole, so we can be whole as a family. And that means getting ridiculed. You see somebody, something pops up. It you know women women don't forget anything. We can just to be real. Whenever mm-hmm. we go to movies, if there's scenes where somebody's, I mean now movies are filled full of yeah. somebody running off to Paris and having an affair and coming yep. back and. It, 
I said, I start squirming like, like I got so ants in my pants. It's so uncomfortable to watch that for you and but, her, right? But, but we get up and we'll just walk out. We've, we went to movies with, with two or three couples before, and we'll go sit out in the lobby. And when they come out, they know. You don't mm-hmm. have to say anything. They know. But it's just it's something that that I have to walk through because that's what I open the door to. Even though I'm on the other side of it, there's still consequences that I have to live through daily. I have to still I still call my wife whenever I leave work and say, hey, I'm headed to Walmart to get this or whatever. So that way she knows where I'm going. We don't have Life 360. She don't she don't GPS my phone. She, she says, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live in constant fear that you're going to screw up. If you screw up, it's going to come to light. I think that's what I love most about you guys is how transparent you are. Like how many people do you know that would introduce like, oh, this is my husband. He used to struggle with this or he has she on me before, but man, we're good now. Look at what God's done with his life. Nobody. They keep it a secret because of embarrassment, because of shame. And a lot of times, because you know, they're afraid for it to come back Absolutely. up again. I've never seen anybody operate like you guys, which is why I wanted to have you on and, and talk about this, man. Yeah. I I appreciate you so much. Final thoughts. I you know, it's kind of like Jerry Springer's final thoughts. Well, on level up, I always ask, you know, my guest. What would be one quote, uh, you know, one word of knowledge, anything that you can share with everyone to help them level up? Um, I would, I would say, you know, something that our that our buddy Rex Crane always says, you know, are we cheating on our present future, our present, who God's called us to be right now with with our past experiences? You know, am, am, am I cheating on who God's called me to be, the husband I'm called to be, the the dad I'm called to be, the friend I'm called to be, because of, oh. He was this way back in the, in the day. Yeah. Am I letting that past rob me of today's glory and today's future? You know, because a lot of us, I mean, we 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 almost we we shut down. We we we're introverts. You know, we we go in. We like poor old me. I don't want to go out or see this because of because of what I done. You know, it's always that that poor old me. Um, you know, mentality. But I've I mean, man. Live life to the fullest. You know, love Jesus. I promise you. You know, everybody's like, you know the ultimate question. What if we die and we, you know, and that, that's it? There's no heaven. That's a sorry way to live. You know, that's a bad way to live. I'd rather live balls to the wall, so to speak, for Jesus, and know that I'm gonna have life and have it eternally, and have life because it says that we can have here on earth that is in heaven. And all we have to do is ask. A lot of times we don't have stuff because we don't ask for. It. I mean, I pray daily for my wife. I pray daily for our finances, for health and wholeness. I mean, I'm not always, you know, supportive of things going on in the country. You know, that's another another topic. But the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to pray for those that are in authority over me, and that's what we do. Whether we, I mean, I didn't like the the the, the past administration wasn't my pick. But you know, I, I vote for the lesser of two evils. You know, we mm-hmm. we we vote, we vote as close to the Bible as we can vote now. But um, I mean, that's what I would say. I would say, you know, live live life, love your family, love God. You know, but the main thing is is get planted. Whenever you're whenever you're a Christian and you're a, a, a Christian dad and you go to church, you know, you got to get planted. You got to serve. You know, I tell everybody. I can a lot of times tell somebody how they act by their servanthood. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're ready, soon as soon as the pastor says Amen, they're the first ones out the door. They don't want to help move chairs. They don't want to help set up stuff. But a lot of times, I can tell where somebody's at is by their servanthood. If I ask you to do something, yeah, brother, I help. I help you do that. Well, no, I can't do it today because I got this. That's that's different. But a lot of times, like, well, you know. But if you just you know serve 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 your serve your wife serve your you know your children, 
um, serve your husband, you know, and just, I mean, just enjoy life together. Humility, to you being know, a servant it is. to many. One thing you said that I love that I'll leave everybody with as well is God's never going to judge you for your past. So why are you letting your past judge you? And with that, I will say thank you, Jeff Bramlett, for coming on here, being totally humble, real, awesome. And you're the freaking man. You're a man's man. I love you, brother. Love you, brother. Love you. Thanks for having me. Teach me how to shoot something because I'm really bad at it. (laughs) Eli, love you. Thanks for making everything sound and look fantastic. And uh, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and share this. Share this episode. This is such a thing that's happening that nobody wants to talk about. Share it with someone. Share it with someone, one of your friends who you think might be struggling with something like this. Someone who might be thinking about doing something that they shouldn't do within their marriage or your friend who's hurting and she's going through this with her husband or vice versa. Share it. Please like, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. We are growing leaps and bounds on this podcast and we can't thank our listeners enough. We need your help. Like, subscribe, share. And as always, thank you for listening to another week of Level Up.